Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. Okay. All right, Joe Rogan. All right, Brian. Is that his name? You looked it up? I Googled it. I don't know who Brian is. I don't either. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. All right. It's episode 36. This is um, community over competition. Mm-hmm. I'm really surprised it took us this long to do this episode. I know. It's, like it's kind of what our platform is. Well, <laughs> I guess and it's, we're just now doing it. It's woven all the way through, but we're going to get, we're going to get more specific on it, I guess. I feel like we need to start off by saying, this is Alyssa. Okay. This is Katie. Um, today it is, we are recording on March 31st, 2020, and that may come into play here because we, for the first time, are recording in two different places. We are still under quarantine here in Louisiana. Correct. See, look, I got my Louisiana shirt on. Oh, look at you. Yeah, for our YouTubers. Yeah, so I'm sitting in my closet right now, hiding from my children, my child, rather, and um, the dogs, and... Yeah. Yeah. We're, my, my quilt up. You can see it on YouTube. Looks amazing. We're, we are on Zoom today. So our YouTube yeah. recording this time around will be an actual Zoom recording. So you'll get to see us like straight on in our faces right. <laughs> instead of our profiles. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have to tell you while we're talking about YouTube before we move into the real topic, I had a client who I sold a house to. They send me tons of referrals. I was on a showing right before all of this happened. And um, with a, someone they had referred me and he came along just like as a friend, like I'll go on the showing with you. And um, as we're walking up to the door, he says, I don't know what I said, but he said, oh yeah, I watch your podcast. I'm like, you watch it? And he was like, yeah, I watch it. I'm like on YouTube. And he said, yes. And I'm like, those videos are horrible. Could They're you so bad. Like, could you please just listen to it? It's getting better. I said, but really, you've got to listen to And look, he teaches driver's ed. So I'm like, you're in the car. Why are you? You don't need to watch me. Just listen. Yeah. I oh know. Oh, my gosh. So Our crazy. beginning ones are humbling. Oh, for sure. But this, Jay's getting fancy and they look, they're getting better on YouTube. I know. So look, it's all learning. But hey, that's a begin before you're ready. You know, done is better than perfect. All those things. Yeah. Just do it. You know, okay. it's, it's Nike over here. Just do it. Okay. So, <laughs> so we're doing community over competition today. Correct. And you're excited. I would like to start off with a story. You know, I like when you do that. So there was a study done by a biologist. His name was William Muir. Okay. And he wanted to study productivity okay. and what makes you productive, what hinders production. And he did it by using chickens. 
<laughs> okay. So he studied a flock of chickens and he said chickens are the easiest thing to measure production by because you just count the eggs. Okay, fair. And there are chickens that are like overproducers. And then there's chickens that like are slackers. Oh, they were like, we have Enneagram three chickens. Is that what yes. you're telling me? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And, and chickens are very social. So he studied tribes, different tribes. What did he call them? Not tribes. And you said flock, but not flock. Flock. Okay. He studied different flocks of chickens. And after time, he picked out the top producer of each flock. Okay. And and he put them all in their own super flock. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So then he studied them for six generations. Okay. And he went back to all the other flocks that he had taken the super chick out of. Okay. Okay. And they were all producing more. Oh. Yes. They were all like above what they were, above average. They were all fatter and healthier. Really? And happier. Yes. Like all the chickens were good. Then he went to the super flock and all but three were dead. What? They had killed each other. (gasps) They were fighting. And the ones that were left weren't really producing very much. No. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That- okay. So when the super chick was removed, all of the other chicks were like, yay, I can do better. I'm not having to live up to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. What? I know. I was like listening to this story and I was like, this is amazing. I yeah. mean, it's, and it's so simple and it doesn't take, you know, a lot Um, of different scientists to figure this out. It's just so, so simple and basic. Um, And I just thought that it was a really good analogy also for what we're going through in the real estate life. I mean, we are in a business full of super chicks. Yeah. Or not. And then you feel bad about yourself. Yeah. But it's like our industry is all about show. And it's all about like, put it out there, show your production, do what, you know, it's, it's very showy. Yeah. And so even if you're not a super chick, you can appear as a super chicken on social media. Right. Or however, you could be at a dinner party and not have sold a house in two years and talk about real estate and people assume you're a super chicken. Yeah. Right. So it's just interesting that you know, that's happening and how people respond to that. Yeah, that's very, okay. What I find to be interesting about this is the, do you, that everyone was elevated when they didn't have the super chick around, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, and then the super chicks all killed each other, but like really it, but I don't, what is your takeaway from that? Like once you remove competition, like they were still in competition with each other or they just, as long as they didn't have to live up to the big guy, they were like, I'd rather do more. But it's almost like in the chicken example, the big guy was putting them down. Yeah. Like I'm never going to get there. So why try? Yeah. And I think that what I took from it was if you're going to be the super chick, don't be that super chick. Don't, like, don't, put, <laughs> don't put those super stats out there. Just don't put others down mm-hmm. while you're being the super chicken. Don't walk around with your chest all puffy and like too good for certain things. Yeah. And, you know, let people, I feel that the most successful 
super chickens are the ones that people don't even quite realize are, are there. And so yeah, they were asking her, okay, so in, you know, in human terms, chickens aside, how do we fix this okay. in the workplace? Like say in an industry. And they said the number one thing to fix this problem. So if you're a, if you're a chicken, mm-hmm. a normal chicken, not a super chicken, okay, and you're struggling with competition and embracing community and you're on social media or you're in your office and you're seeing the stats and you're getting down on yourself because mm-hmm. you're seeing all these big numbers. They said the number one thing that you have to do is meet that person in person. Oh, you have to humanize them. Okay. And realize that they are human too, that they have struggles, that they're not perfect. Like we think that these people have it all together, yeah. that their their systems are flawless. And all it does is make us go, I am not good at this. I am not organized. Right. I am not on top of it. I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough follow-up. But then when you meet these people in person, you give yourself some grace because you're humanizing them and you realize that they are just normal humans mm-hmm. and maybe they're doing things that you could implement. Sure. Yeah. But you just have to realize that they're not, you know, abnormal. Like anybody can do it. Right. I feel like this is a description of when we met though. Like I wanted to know, it was good for me to meet you and know that you were not like, like this crazy robot with this random honey hole. Like you were just a normal person working hard, like not right. Not doing any super secret activity. Yes. It's very interesting. It is very interesting. I feel like there's so many things that could be taken from the chicken story. Yeah. Because it can speak to the super chicken. It can speak to the you know, low producing chicken. It can speak to the average chicken. You know what it reminds um, me of? The story of me feeling like I was never, even when I would get to the top of my little flock, Yeah, I would still not feel like I was good enough. And yeah, can, can you imagine? It's just like if you took all those number ones out and then put them all together, then all of a sudden they're like, yikes. Like it's right. not even, because then they start, because you know what? When you're the super chicken, you're not comparing yourself. Yeah, not really. I mean, and then when they put you all don't the st- have as much to compare to. Yeah, and then when you put, well, you at least get to be number one most of the time. Yeah. Then when they took all the super chickens out and put them together, they're like, well, now it's like eh, shades of good, right? Like we're all right. the best. We can't all be exactly. the best. Okay, I like it. The point is, you shouldn't rank each other. Well, yeah, and one of the things that they said from this study was that sometimes people are working so hard against the competitive spirit that they don't have time to do much else. Okay. They're so consumed with either the competitive side of things or being determined not to be consumed, which still takes energy. Yeah. That if you would just like find a way to chill out and cope, you could just do your work Yep, and yeah. you would just become more productive if you could take your brain off of the competition. I agree. Um, because they were basically just saying the productivity of the few chickens was being suppressed by the productivity of the main chicken. Well, they didn't have to do their best because someone else was picking up all their slack. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. 
I like the it, I like the chicken study. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is crazy that this was studied. That's wild. I agree. Oh yeah. my gosh. Okay. So I wanted to talk about community for a minute, if you're good with that. Yeah. Okay. Good. So especially now, because we're in like this uber next level isolation situation. But even before this, and I think I started thinking about it more since we've been home, entrepreneurship especially in real estate or in any facet is super isolating and it's very lonely because you're a one man in real estate. You're a one man show, right? So maybe you're on a team, but a lot of us are just us and we're wearing all the hats and we're doing all the things and you feel surrounded by your competitors. Mm -hmm. So the people who could best relate to you, you feel like are the enemy. So you don't even want to talk to them because of that, like the competition. So then you are even more isolated because you don't even have anyone to commiserate with. So I have found that if you're struggling with that mindset and it's hard to get out of your own head and the whole competition thing, if you reach out to realtors in different markets, you can find some community that, that comes with no pressure. So Mm -hmm. you don't feel like you're in, you're, you're not in direct competition with each other. So it kind of, removes that part. And then you can start to build some community because you can't do it alone. Like you need, mm-hmm. I think that's why people like the podcast. Yeah. Because so too. they can just listen to it and we're not coming after their clients and we'll tell them our secrets. I'm doing my air quotes um, because they're not in competition with us either for the most part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's unrealistic to think that you can completely remove the competitive mindset of this field. It's just going to constantly be pulling back at you. I mean, you can try, but I think... And I feel like it can be healthy, you know, to be driven and to let it drive you. But from what perspective, from what angle, you know, are are you, you know pushing it to like be better or pushing it, hoping, hoping they have a crappy year. So you're the best. Yeah. Right. You know, it's all about what angle you're coming from and it can be healthy. Yeah. Well, I think, yes, because if it keeps you on your toes or it keeps you improving, like you should really only be in competition with yourself from before, like just keep getting better. But if the outside forces help kind of nudge you in that direction, that's okay too. Sure. I think that's true. And I know you're good because like you're good at, meeting people and socializing on Instagram yeah. and doing all that. Um, like you have friends that you've never met. Oh my gosh. Like good friends, like really yeah. good friends. So yeah, it, it can be done, but you have to keep putting yourself out there. And I know putting yourself out there on that large of a scale or that, mm-hmm. that public of a scale is very uncomfortable for people, but you don't have to do it in a post. You can create those relationships by just commenting on those people's posts or just by, you know, sending them a DM. You can build a relationship that isn't out in front of everyone. You know, I think most of mine started in a, you know, making comments on their posts, but you can also just DM and say, Hey, I really like that post. I feel you on that. I mean, people, I think every day more and more, especially on Instagram are really putting out like their thoughts and their feelings and where they're feeling vulnerable or whatever. And you can, if you go find some realtors are going to find people who feel the same way you do. Absolutely. And, um, so I guess maybe three years ago, four years ago is when I started serving on the state level right? of, you know, so I had served on the Baton Rouge level, city level, 
um, of our association. And that was amazing. Like that was just a great benchmark to put faces with names of people that I'm actually doing purchase agreements with and negotiations and things like that. Um, and then when I joined Louisiana realtors, those people became like family to me because we meet quarterly at the conferences or we go to Washington DC for NAR. And when I'm with them, I'm just so like fulfilled because I miss them and they're going through the same things as me, but just, you know, a few cities over and our scales are so different. Like the New Orleans realtors who only work the French quarter or who only work this area. I mean, it's such a different life and it's only an hour away from us. Right. But but it's amazing. And um, and just to see like the price differences and what they're doing in that market and things like that. It's just, it's, I always look forward to seeing my friends that are realtors around Louisiana. Yeah. And um, even if I'm having a bad day and just it, you know, within our market, I just sometimes want to talk to them just to get outside of my bubble and not have to worry about somebody else's opinion because you're not in my market. Yeah. Just, you're just going to listen. Right. No, I agree. And give some good suggestions that might not be things we're used to in our area. Right. I know Mm -hmm. it's nice. It's really crazy when you get far out of your market and you're talking to someone in, I don't know, whatever, Wisconsin, California, then their markets are so different that it's just like, I find it to be so interesting so then you're learning from them in a different way or just supporting them in a different way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's very helpful. Yeah. So you got to look for your, you have to look for your community anyway. It's just like making yeah. friends in real life. I mean, if you need, you need community to get through this. Right. Um, they were saying that a negative competitive nature causes what's called willful blindness. Oh, tell me about that. So willful blindness is when you know deep down that the competitive nature of the business is affecting you negatively, but you're not quite ready to like change it or embrace it or figure out how, but they were saying competitive, that, that negative competitive spirit gives you a very narrow tunnel vision Yeah. on, I have to be the best. I have to be the best. I hope this person loses. I hope I win. I hope they lose. I hope this doesn't happen or it's just very tunnel vision. Hmm. And when you're going through willful blindness, um, it is really a perspective on how you see the world and you're only attracted to the data that confirms how you feel. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. So any data that's like community over competition, you're like, no, no, thank you. That's (laughs) not real. You're rejecting it because it's not, you're like, well, that's not real. Okay. Do you give, do you have tips on how to get out of this? Um, so they kind of talked about that more in regards to organizations and not necessarily individuals. But one thing I thought was interesting was, they, I thought it could be applied to teams maybe. So okay. they were saying how sometimes I'll just, where they said organizations, I'll say teams. So sometimes teams may think that they need to revamp and okay. refresh and, you know, kick off the one that's at the bottom or like weed out, bring in fresh new ideas, bring in fresh this, fresh that. But they're saying that that um, actually really, 
instills a fear-based model. Right. Even if you think you're doing it for positive reasons. Yeah. um, They recognize that if I'm not at a certain level, which again, in a way could be positive or negative, but how often are you doing this? Because they were saying the more time that you keep the same group together, Mm-hmm. the better and better and better it gets. Oh. So what are you doing to sustain? Yes. And so I thought that was oh. kind of interesting. So because the longer that the group is together, the more they bond, the more that right. they, you know, so, I mean, of course there's times where you have to make evaluations and do what you have to do, but don't do it just for the sake of doing it because you're like, man, it's been a year and we need to revamp. Like right. don't yeah. feel like you have to do that. Well, um, right. If things are going fine. Right. Don't fix, don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. And so basically what you're telling me is you wouldn't want to add extra people onto your team. You're trying to grow together. And every time we add another person and then the competition restarts, like, yes. cause you're trying to sort out where that person belongs in the team. Right. And Makes you sense. never get to a point of just like solid bonding. Yeah. You know, it, there's always some level of newness or change. Like and unrest. you never can get in your rhythm, in your yeah. solid rhythm. That makes total sense, which really is very interesting when you think about a lot of teams. I mean, just the nature of teams is turn because people are learning. They usually are on a team early in their career. And then a lot of times when you grow out of that, you spread your wings, you fly, you go be on Mm -hmm. your own or start your own team. So teams in general have a ton of of just turn just out of the nature of it. Yeah. And I know like, you know, me and you aren't on a team, but I know our office still posts stats of where you were the previous year and things like that. Um, and so just, you know, how are you, and it may just require some self-reflection and evaluation of being like, am I okay that this person was above me? And if you're not, maybe email that person and congratulate them. Yeah. It's like, you don't want to, and you're kind of feeling down, but that is how you overcome it. Yeah. It it can be an uncomfortable process, but for sure, like the people that irk you the most are the ones that you need to see in person and realize that perception isn't always reality. Reality. Yeah. Well, because just the numbers don't define how happy you are or how successful Mm -hmm. you should, you know, consider yourself. I mean, I'd write this. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're at the top of the office, if you're miserable and you don't have time to do anything you want to do. Hello, friends. Hi, y'all. Our template course has launched. It's out there. And we have been getting some really positive feedback. Yes. I have some great feedback I wanted to share with you guys. Um, We had one purchaser say, thank you for these templates. As a new agent, I feel it would have taken me years to create these on my own. That's awesome. I know. It's so great. And then I had, these are so incredibly helpful. What a great investment. Thank you for your time and efforts putting these together. I think that you guys, this is the answer to saving yourself some time. It it helps you put systems in place. It keeps you professional. It keeps you consistent. It just makes everything run so much smoother. So much smoother. You're never going to forget to tell somebody something. No, because this it's covers, all there. It's all there. And you're going to edit it to make it sound like your voice if you'd like. And it's going to be perfect for your business. Yeah. So go check out our template course. Yes. At hustlehumblypodcast.com. Perfect. Okay. Enjoy. Enjoy. Bye. Oh my gosh. Okay. So on that note, 
perfect entry into my next thing of notes. Great. Can't wait. Okay. So there was a study done at Harvard Okay, where every year an organization would do a bell curve and they would chop off the people at the bottom and they would give the people at the top more training. Okay. it It didn't make them more productive. They were just productive people and it doesn't matter how much training you give them. They're, they were producing on the same level. Okay. So they realized that that was hurting the organization. Um, it was instilling fear. It was not feeding people that could be at the top. So every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they assigned two hours of the day, three days a week, to where you could only help somebody else in your office with their workload. Oh. Like you can't do any of your own work. You have to turn off your email and wow yeah and you just are assigned to and that is how they fixed the problem by helping each other okay and then they were they made it to where you had mandatory coffee breaks by group oh okay and so this week this is your group and so you have to go sit in the break room (laughs) with these people and next week it's different people but that's awesome yeah, and it like totally fixed the competitive problem that they were having in the office and people just started liking each other. Well, because they were helping each other and then they were learning more about each other because they were not just sticking with their little clique or their little group. They were yes. forced to figure out who these other people were face to face. That's yes. pretty amazing. I mean, that's genius. Isn't actually. that cool? What did did it say what sort of company it was? No, it just sounded like some big like an office, huge organization. Yeah. yeah. But they were saying the goal, if you are struggling with this spirit is to take the focus off of you. Yeah. Makes sense. And Makes I, I, I thought sense. about you because I, I like how you say like when you're struggling with the kids or whatever, like you're like, it's not about me. Yeah. It's not about me yeah. being inconvenienced or it's, you know, it's about them. Um, mm-hmm. so it made me think of you. Oh, I like that. I think that's good. It, though. It increased- coffee. Yeah, it increased productivity by 60%. Holy smokes. Well, you have to think too, if someone came and sat next to you and was like, I'm going to help you for two hours on your work, you would be more focused on your work too, because you don't want that person, you want to utilize them while they're there. So they were sort of being forced to build community though. Yes. I like it. Sometimes sometimes it takes effort and sometimes you don't want to do it. Well, I mean, what's hard about being a solopreneur or being by yourself as a realtor is that, I mean, you have to force yourself to build community. You're not, no one's going to come say, show up for the coffee date, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to have mm-hmm. to, you're going to have to try it. You're going to have to do it. You're going to have to stop feeling, you know what I wrote down in my notes, scarcity mindset. What? So if you are yeah. stuck in a scarcity mindset and everyone is the enemy, like what a miserable way to live. But I think this is a good time for yeah. you to tell me my little stat. So I went onto the MLS. I, I was shocked. I think I did this correct. So residential real estate sales sold properties in 2019. There were 11,028. My, I did, in our market. In our market. I sold 30 houses. 30. That is 0.0027%. Of the total number of sales. So like, let's just say I only wanted to sell 50. 50 out of 11,000 is like nothing. So it's like, what am I worth? Like, 
it's not, there's plenty for everyone. There's plenty for everyone. That is crazy to think about. I know. But if you look at it that way, I think I came to that a few years ago. I remember like having my goal, whatever it was, let's just say it was 35. And I'm like, this is my goal. I'm, I can do it. And I'm really focused on the goal. And then I had to constantly tell myself when I lost a client or when I saw someone else do some sale that I wish I had done, or we'd know the same person in common and they sold them that whatever. I was finally like, I don't want to sell all the houses. I'm not trying to sell all the houses. They have to sell some of them because I can't physically sell them all. So every time I would see the post Mm -hmm. on social media of Susie Q who sold XYZ house and I'm like, oh, like every single post like that made me feel less. I was like, this is dumb. Right. I literally can't sell all the houses. It can't just be Mm-mm. me. I, I need a the co-op agent. I don't want a dual agent every transaction in the whole city. Sure. Absolutely. It just, we look at it, it's all in, in your perspective and how you look at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was my first year. I think I told you that I made a template that when somebody reached out to me to say, I want to buy investment property that I just said, it's a, it's a kind of a long template. Cause it just explains why I'm not the girl for you. Yeah. And people think I, sh- I would be because I own investment property personally, but I do not work well with investors that are trying to either like flip homes or, and, and the reason is I'm very conservative financially. So I'm not good at directing them and saying, Hey, if you buy this, I promise I can sell it for you for this amount. Yeah. And I just tell them, you know, it's not that I don't want to work with you. It's just that I have learned that this is not my strong suit. And there are realtors out there that are more just analytical and facts driven financially. And, you know, maybe those people would be better for you. To, how does it if your goal is to buy investment property? Right. How do you feel when you send that email? The first time I did it, um, I was very nervous and I, it was a friend of mine that texted me and he was like, Hey, Alyssa, I want to get into investment property. Can you meet for coffee? Mm-hmm. And I just texted him back and said, I'm going to shoot you an email because I have an email saved. I tell him I have this email saved yeah, and I'm just going to send it to you. And and you can let me know your thoughts after. Do you feel and, like um, letting them go at some point made you feel at peace, like relaxed the whole point? Um, it definitely did. Yeah. Because the responses that I get to it are like, wow, thank you so much for being honest. Mm-hmm. You've given me a lot to think about because I also go into explaining a little bit of our market that yeah. there aren't necessarily deals to be had all over the place. And I feel that I frustrate investors because yeah. they want me to send them five good options a week and I don't have five good options a month. Yeah. And so I, I just, I explain all of that and yeah. it makes them go, huh, maybe I need to also be realistic in my right. expectations that there's not, you don't just go flip houses all, all day long because yeah. the numbers have to work. Yeah. And at this time in our marketplace, we're pretty healthy and there's not a plethora of low priced inventory. Yeah. But letting that go, because I worked with a lot of investors. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, it's not that I became too good to do it. It's not that I was like too busy. But if you actually look at it as a business decision, it was a poor business decision right. on my part. Yeah. The time, the money, the outcome, 
Um, maybe it was even hurting my reputation by an investor saying, man, Alyssa was my realtor, but she just never could get any good, you know, investment property, whatever it is, I needed it out of my life. And I recognize that. Yeah. And it logistically didn't make sense to keep up with it because you couldn't handle your other business the way you needed to, or you just were dropping the ball on that. And then what's the point? I mean, you're trying to offer the same level of service to everyone. I mean, I think it's really interesting and important to niche down on your clients. Like if that's not a niche you can serve, it's okay to say no. Mm -hmm. And then look, you give that away. You don't have to feel competitive, but it is letting go of that competitive feeling. Like I have to take everything. I know. And I still struggle with that sometimes. Like I'll be so slammed and someone reaches out and says, Hey, Alyssa, we want to buy our first house. And my brain goes, okay, you know, can I handle another buyer? At yeah. this time. And, um, you know, I make it work, but I know, but there will come a day I when you might not that. It, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I also know that it's seasonal and like this month may be really tough with showings, but next month there may be COVID and I may be stuck at my house for 45 days. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it's like, never know feast or famine, you know, I know. Um, this is next level on that. How do you feel like, the and then I did just prefer Tell me. Oh, I was just going to say, I did just refer someone across the river. Yeah. Um, I sold houses across the river, but when they called me and told, were like telling me about the house, I was just like, I haven't been across the river in over a year. Yeah. Maybe I should refer this. And it felt really good. That's good. That's really good. I think that being geographically um, selective is also smart as you grow your business. It will open up your time. Right. And if you're not feeling competitive, then it's okay to let those go. Yeah. I think it's also um, nice to mentor someone. I feel like the podcast is next level mentoring, but I always like having a newer agent or just a less experienced agent who wants to ask questions and wants my advice. And you can do that in or outside of your market, but it's always nice to celebrate someone else's successes. And if you're... yeah mentoring them, then you almost feel like you're part of that. And so that can get you through that feeling of being competitive and give you a little bit of community. I mean, it's, it's nice to be valued for your knowledge, not just for your numbers. Do you know? Absolutely. For sure. I think that's good. Um, okay. Well, what other notes did you, do we have any more chicken stories? (laughs) I don't think I have any more stories. Okay. Um, They just said, I have written down, being helpful to others is the number one way proven to overcome the competitive spirit. I completely agree with that. I mean, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to help someone else. You can't possibly compete with someone you're helping. Yeah. And they were saying, too, that a competitive spirit also is like an alarm going off for yourself personally that your priorities are out of line. Yeah. Um, if you're working till midnight every night, it's, it's, it's showing that your priorities are not in the right place and it may be time to reevaluate and it may be time to say, what am I saying is important in my life? How is my family doing? Am I making family time sacred? Am I, you know, present with them when I'm with them? Yeah. Um, do, do I understand that this can wait because it can? Yeah. Um, and just really it's, it's amazing because it's all about mindset and it's all about 
perspective and mm-hmm. reflection and being honest with yourself. Yeah. And I'm not immune to it. No. I mean, I see all the time, like people doing really good things, like even through this COVID stuff, I have seen some realtors post some really good ideas of things they're doing or post some good ads. And it makes me go, I suck at real estate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You don't. It makes me go, I should be doing these things. I should be doing more. I should be, you know, and it's not about that, you know, but it, it maybe makes me self-reflect and say, why do I feel this way? Is there an area that maybe I need to clean up a little bit? Um, you know, just trying to figure it all out. But, um, whenever we talk about, we talked about in some of the previous episodes about how you need to join like networking groups. Mm -hmm. And that is also how you get your business by meeting people and being part of this group. Yeah. But I do think it's important that you dedicate one area of your professional career back to your industry. Oh, okay. So, So like you could be doing that through, you're networking with realtors via Instagram. I could be doing that by serving on a committee at our board. Um, but something that just keeps you a leader within your industry. Yeah. I like my Um, little Facebook group. That's been super fun. Yeah. So I just share like things that I do in my business and like, I think it started with the challenge when we were doing the goal setting episode, but I think that's right. Mm -hmm. You can find your community and then share with them. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. yeah, it's very helpful. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and that was really all I have. The last thing I wrote down was don't be a super chicken. (laughs) Please. But I guess it's like, you can be a super chicken, but you need to stay humble. And you need to evaluate how you're presenting yourself and how you're treating other people and how you're talking to people and the things that are, you know, just the way that you are presenting yourself, it needs to be authentic and real um, so that you inspire others instead of making them feel like chicken. (laughs) That is so great. Don't, don't be a super chicken. Try and be a happy chicken. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, just be content and at peace with, I think you know, good. what your goals are yeah. and, you know, what your flock is doing. How's my flock doing? Right. And just do go, what you need. Yes. Agree. And, and go get you a, a flock of equivalent chickens. Yeah. <laughs> in another yeah. market. And I think it's yeah. good. I do too. But like, I think it's good to find a chicken above you and below you. That's fine. Yeah, that is good. Find someone that you can, can be your mentor and someone you can... Men, you can be the mentee and the mentor. Exactly. Be both things. I think that, yeah, if you get out there and share and just say nice things to people and congratulate them genuinely as best you can, that's probably a good fake it till you make it. Congratulate them even if you don't want to. And eventually you'll do it sincerely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not always easy. You know, no. it's very it's very easy to get sucked into the competitive spirit in this industry and the comparison game. And all that does is plant seeds of self-doubt and it's just not going to get you where you want to go. No, only have to worry about you. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about anyone else. Yeah. Do do what you got to do. Okay. I like it. Don't be a super chicken. Be happy to be a super chicken. Do you have a toast? I do. Okay, great. I wonder where Janie is from. Oh, I don't know. Do well, you need to look her up? Because I'm happy to. 
Uh, maybe see if you can find them. But okay, Jamie Jamie Erickson, I think is a um, is a lady. Yeah, yeah. Did I say he <laughs> earlier? I, don't know. I know I was like, um, okay. Jamie wants to toast to Melissa Bauer. Okay. Um, this is what she wrote. Jamie said, I had a little setback after having my daughter in 2018 and I was feeling defeated. I met Melissa through the Modern Agent Social Club with Chelsea Peterson. Love it. Melissa has helped me with new ideas, motivation, and support. We've never met, but I consider her a great friend. I she love is a it. positive influence and just a happy, fun person to know. Plus, she is super killing it in her market. Oh, I love it. Guess what? Jamie is in Madison, Wisconsin. Awesome. And she's a certified home stager. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. <clears throat> Very cool. So we're going to toast to Jamie and Melissa today. I love it. Let's do it. Okay. I'm going to cheers you with my Coke. Okay. Cheers. Cheers, guys. And my coffee. I like cheers. it. Cheers. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.